Welcome to the Frontline Podcast for Christian Men, a place where men can find encouragement and strength to remain standing when the battles of life are closing in all around. A place where men will hear honest truth that will equip them and arm them to keep fighting in faith against the enemy's daily opposition. Gentlemen, you and I have been enlisted by God in the spiritual war as good soldiers of Jesus Christ, and the enemy wants to steal your joy and rob you of your peace. He wants to divide and destroy your marriages and your families. He wants to distract you from fulfilling the plans and purposes of God. And with his accusations and lies, he will tempt you to give in to fear, doubt, shame, and condemnation. But today, gentlemen, we refuse to allow him to take the win. And today we will stand in the victory that the Lord has won for us. Gentlemen, my brothers in Christ, welcome to the front line. Attack the objective! Well, hey, gentlemen, and thank you for joining me for another episode of the podcast. Once again, I opened up the podcast with the same old lame, hey, welcome, gentlemen. I That's just all I got. It's just, it happens. It's the first thing that comes out of my mouth. It is what it is. So deal with it. Anyways, hope you guys are doing great. It is a Monday and it's uh, Labor Day weekend, long weekend before school starts tomorrow. Uh, and this week, this week, this year rather is a different time of year as far as school goes for my family uh, because we only have one kid going back to school and that would be my daughter she is going into grade 10 she's passed and through her awkward grade 9 year of high school where in grade 9 you're trying to figure everything out you're trying to figure out who your friends are what classes you like what classes you don't like maybe what classes you want to skip <laughs> not my daughter though no nope, she ain't going to get away with that uh, but that's just how it is. And so she's passed that awkward, difficult, uh, first year of high school and she's entering grade 10. And so she's feeling pretty good about tomorrow. Uh, we just had breakfast together as a family and she was like, I'm not sure if I want to go back tomorrow. And I said, I said, okay, but you don't have a choice. You're going back tomorrow. So anyways, my son, this is his first year entering no school. He's done high school. And I've shared it on the podcast before, but he is uh, taking a gap year. And my wife has been saying, no, it's not a gap year. It's a God year is what my wife has been saying and praying uh, over my son and for this next year. It's always funny. September is like a new year. It's kind of like a, like a new year, right? January 1st, of course, is officially a new year. But there's something about the fall, early September, when the kids go back to school, uh, it just seems like everybody's getting back into routine of life again after summer. And it just, it is, it is, it's the truth. It's just a new beginning. Uh, a lot of churches start their ministry programs, you know, in the fall. School starts, you know, maybe you're back to work more on a full-time schedule. If you're off a little bit more on during the summertime. Uh, but that's just the, the time of year we're in. It's a year of transition. Uh, it's definitely a year of change for our family. Uh, specifically my son and uh, you know we just been doing a lot of talking together and praying together and uh, I just I told my son we just sat down on on Saturday and I just told him listen I don't want you feeling any pressure 
to to feel like you have to have everything figured out right now because I think a lot of students um, after high school they feel this pressure and unfortunately a lot of times it can be from their parents now I'm not suggesting your kids don't have any pressure some you know a lot of, in a lot of cases pressure is good pressure is needed you need to feel that tension that stress that pressure yes it can be very healthy but an unhealthy amount of pressure uh, from parents to their kids to try to make them you know make make them feel like they have to figure out life at the age of 17 18 years old in my opinion it's it's insane it's not okay uh kids are man i'm still trying to figure out my life right at the age of 40. um you never know everything and so unfortunately a lot of parents feel their kids need to to figure it all out you know what school are you going to how long are you going to go there for how are you going to pay for it um what do you want to do after school how much money do you have saved up? What you know? What are your goals and ambitions? And and to a certain point, those things are good and healthy, like I said. But there is quickly a very unhealthy uh, point where that can that can come to. And so, I just told my son, I don't want you feeling any negative pressure about trying to make make you feel like yeah, I gotta figure things out because he's kind of feeling that way. Like man. You know, he told me it's just weird not going back to school and and what am I doing, you know? And and I said, Austin, you are in a great position to really pray and seek God and his direction for your life as a young man. I said, if anything, you're in a really good position right now. And I meant that because it's true. I said, you're not bound by anything. You're 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 free to you're not. There's no rush for you to figure out, you know, your life and move out of the house. I mean, you're not going to stay here forever, but, you know, you're only 17 and a half years old, man. You, you got time and you got options right now. And uh, I think there's a lot of men right now. Uh, maybe you're listening. And you're like, dude, I wish I had some options, right? Because as a man, when you're a family man, sometimes you're, you know, you don't have options as easier as easy as young people do at a high school just to up and leave you know your job try new workout try new careers out uh you got bills to pay you got responsibilities so anyways saying all that i just we're in we're entering we're on the on the cusp of a new beginning starting tomorrow when my daughter goes back to school and life just kind of transitions again and that's just how life is life is made up of a boatload of transitions and changes it's all part of it you can't escape it you can't avoid it it's going to happen so saying all that that's kind of the perfect segue to lead into my topic of what i want to talk about on the podcast today let's get to today's topic let's get this show on the road sorry pause it for a moment i'm not sure what i was doing i, I froze <laughs> what i want to talk to you guys about today uh it's a really important um message uh, it is, uh, I'm entitling this, uh, believe and endure till the end. Believe God, believe Jesus Christ, believe the word of God, his promises, believe and endure till the end. That's those, I believe are the two most important things that, that we as Christian men need to know. There's a lot of things that you can know in your life. There's a lot of education that you can grab hold of and study through through and, and be well informed of and have plaques on your wall that tell you how smart you are in certain degrees. And that's great. That's honorable. Uh, but the two, two most important things, at least right now in, in my life, uh, and, and yeah, I mean, for the rest of my life, I, I believe are these two things. 
that that Matt Knoll, as a Christian man following Jesus Christ, trying to navigate through the chaos of life, be a faithful man, faithful husband, faithful father, and all those things that that men are responsible for, I am called to believe God and endure till the end. Because there's going to be times where you, your faith in God is attacked by the enemy and he wants you to believe lies and fear and and false truths. He, that, that's a huge tactic that the enemy, he's a father, he's the Bible calls him the father of lies. And he wants you to lose your faith in, in God and to abort it, to turn from your faith. And he also wants you to quit and, and give up and throw, throw in the towel and stop running, right? Stop running this race called life. Uh, but we are called to believe God and to endure through those things, to keep pressing on, persevering until the, until the end. Like there's not like you right now, as you're listening, clearly you're not at the end because you are hearing my voice right now and you're breathing breath right now. Uh, there is value and purpose to your life right now. You are still running your race that God has given to you to run. And so keep running, brother, until the end, until you take your last breath. That's the end of your race here on earth. So that's what we're talking about, believing and enduring till the end. There's a We're going to read some scripture today. Uh, Jesus talked about in the Bible in Matthew chapter 24, uh, he talked about signs of the, the times of the end of the age, right? The disciples are like, man, when's the, how is it going to look when the world's about to end? And, and we have the same questions, right? And uh, the world has a lot of the a lot of the same questions. How are things going to end? How are things going to look when the world's coming to an end? Right. Well, the disciples were questioning Jesus with the same thing. And I'm just going to read this in Matthew chapter 24. We'll just start at verse three. Later, Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives, and his disciples came to him privately and said, "Tell us when will all this happen? What sign will signal your return and the end of the world?" And Jesus told them, the very first thing that Jesus told them of being a sign of the, the end days before the world comes to an end is don't let anyone mislead or deceive you. Don't let anyone mislead you or lead you astray. For many will come in my name claiming that I am the Messiah. They will deceive many. And you will hear wars and threats of wars. But don't panic. These things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world. But all of this is only the first of the birth pains which more with more to come. And then you'll be arrested, persecuted, and killed, and you will be hated all over the world because you are my followers. We're seeing that today. A lot of Christians are hated uh, by people simply because they love and follow Jesus Christ. Verse 10, and many will turn away from me. There Jesus says those words again, many. Notice in this passage, you'll hear Jesus say the word many, not just a few, but many. Many will turn away from me. The NIV says many will turn away from the faith and they will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people, lead many people astray. Sin will be rampant, which means evil growing faster and faster and getting worse and worse. Uh, sin will be rampant everywhere and the love of many will grow cold. But then Jesus said this in verse 13. This is the key right here. After all those things that we're going to face, that we're facing today right now, 
Jesus said, but the one who endures till the end will be saved. The one who endures till the end, till the end will be saved. So notice Jesus said in this passage that many are going to come and they're going to try to lead you astray from following the truth of Jesus Christ. There's going to be wars and famines and earthquakes all over the world. You'll be hated all over the world because you are my followers. Many people will turn from the faith, betray each other, hate each other. Sin's going to be rampant and go crazy all over. We're seeing sin just grow and increase. That which God calls sin, the world is calling healthy and good and normal. We're seeing that all over. And the the love of many people will grow cold. But then he said, the one who endures through all of that stuff till the end, that's the key, will be saved. So Jesus told us, gentlemen, to endure. We're to be men who endure. We persevere. We don't quit. We don't give up. We don't lay down and just let the enemy and the world and people just trample all over us. We endure until the end. Now, what does it mean to endure? Let me let me inform you, okay? I'm going to help you out here. What it means to endure. You probably already know, but bear with me. Here is what it means to endure. To remain firm under suffering or misfortune without yielding though it is difficult. I'm not going anywhere. I know I'm being beaten down here. I know I'm being persecuted. I know I'm suffering right now, but I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going to yield and give in. That is enduring. It means to abide, to bear, to stand, to suffer, and to tolerate, to put up with something trying or painful, continuing firm or resolute through trials and through difficulties. You go through it. You don't try to avoid the trials. You got to go through it. Oftentimes, gentlemen, you're not going to avoid trials. You have to go through them. When you face trials of many kind, you must go through them, endure through them. Jesus Christ preached this to you and I. Now listen, enduring is not the easier choice. You have two choices when you're up against hard times, okay? You have two choices. You can either endure or you can quit. And enduring is not the easier choice. Quitting is the easier choice. Laying down, giving up, I'm done. That is the easier choice in the moment. But we know in the long run, it's the bad choice. It's the wrong choice. Those who quit and throw in the towel, they don't finish the race. They don't end up at the finish line and they don't get the reward. Only those who finish the race endure till the end. Those are the ones who get the reward. Amen. It's just like a race. We've mentioned the the word race a few times. And the Bible actually talks about running a race, right? You've come this far. You are running a race. And gentlemen, you've come this far in your race. Look back all your years. I'm 40 years old. I've been serving Jesus since I've been 18. I was raised in a Christian home, but I really didn't get serious for God until I was about 18 years old. So that makes me 22 years of truly following Jesus Christ. And as I look back, I see a lot of hard hard times, a lot of hurdles along the race that I'm running, a lot of hurdles, a lot of times where I've fallen over the hurdles hard and got back up again, but I'm still running the race. I'm not quitting the race. I'm just running because those who quit the race, those who give up, those who who turn around and stop running, they don't get the reward. They don't finish. They don't get to the end of the race. You've come too far to give up, gentlemen. You've come too far to lose hope. God's not done with you. 
you might be feeling right now in your life like God's done with you. Man, it's over. I've been running. So, I'm so tired. I'm beat down, worn out. I'm so confused. I'm so discouraged. Gentlemen, you got to keep running till the end. You got to keep enduring until the end, gentlemen. God has brought you too far for you to throw in the towel right now. God has brought you through too many trials, too many difficulties, too many challenges in your life for you to stop now. You are called by God to keep running the race that he has set before you. He's got good things in store for your life. He's got good things ahead of you for you and your family, for your marriages. You got to keep trusting him, gentlemen, and you got to keep running. Don't throw in the towel. Don't quit. You've come too far. God's not done with you. You got to keep enduring until the end. Believe God and endure till the end. Don't stop. You've come too far, gentlemen. He's not brought you this far to leave you. You might, you might feel like God has forgotten all about you. He hasn't. You might feel like he's left you. He's forsaken you. He hasn't. He's with you and he's for you. Don't quit. Endure till the end. Listen to the book of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 to 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. I just want to stop right there. I just want to say to you, gentlemen, even Christian men struggle with sin. We struggle with sin issues. There are so many sin issues that Christian men have to combat and face and resist and fight through. But gentlemen, if we're honest, through our lives, we will find there's certain sins, and it's different for every man, it's different for every person, there's certain sins that will easily trip you up easily ensnare you. They, they get you every time, it seems. And those are the times you need to face it. Don't hide them. Don't suppress them. Don't pretend like they're not there. Face them. Talk to a, a trusted brother that you can trust, that can be praying with you, praying for you, encouraging you, helping you, listening to you. Talk to your wife. Talk to your pastor. Talk to somebody that you can trust who can be praying with you that can hold you in a place of accountability and 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 love and responsibility to see you through so that no longer those sins are tripping you up. I've had to face those those things in my life over the years. And it sucks. It's not easy. It's hard to do, but it's important to do it. And we're told here because we're running a race. The last thing you can do if you want to be successful in running a race is have baggage on you. And the greatest type of baggage in the lives of Christian men is sin that they should not be carrying. Don't have some pet sin that you're carrying along the way thinking that this is fine. I can take this along the way. God sees it. People eventually will see it. You know it's there. You know it's not healthy. You know it's not right. And so to say all this, there's no condemnation towards you. I'm not condemning you. I'm in there with you. I've had to face these things over the years in my life. I've had to have some hard conversations with my wife, with my uh, close family members, with my uh, good friends. I've had to face it, but it's better than suppressing it. You want to bring these things out into the light so they can be healed and restored by Jesus Christ. So lay aside, this, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And then it says, and let us run with endurance. There it is again, the word endurance. Let us run with endurance, right? The race that God has set before us. Well, how do we do this? Well, verse 2, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. There's the key right there. 
Don't don't initially and and ultimately put your eyes on you or your pastor or your wife or your kids or your best friend, right? Those are all great sources of help and 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 a real blessing to have those relationships in our lives, but ultimately we run the race with endurance by ultimately keeping our eyes first and foremost on Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith. The New Living Translation actually says the champion who initiates and perfects our faith, right? Jesus is the champion. I like that translation there, right? Who's the champ? Well, Jesus is the champ, right? I ain't no champ. I'm a chump. Jesus is the champ and I'm a chump, right? I just made that up. That's not even in my notes. (laughs) Jesus is the champ and I am the chump. But that's how we do it. That's how we successfully run the race with endurance by keeping our eyes on Jesus. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now Jesus is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. So gentlemen, believe and endure till the end. I saw a really cool clip, a video clip from the 2020 Olympic Games, the Summer Olympic Games in Tokyo. Uh, there was a, a female rum, runner uh, in, from the Netherlands. Her name was Safan Hassan. I think I pronounced that right. Uh, if you YouTube it, you'll find this race. But she's running in a 1,500-meter uh, race, and they're on their last lap. And so you can imagine, the last lap, you're tired. You just want this thing to be over. 1,500 meters, that's a long race. And uh, there's a, a good amount of endurance needed in a race like that. But in the last lap, she actually, a runner in front of her um, falls and then she couldn't stop or move in, in time. So she then tripped over this other runner. And the race shows that, I don't know if the first runner who fell got up, but um, Safan Hassan from the Netherlands, she got up again and continued running. And she ran and she ran. And this is the last lap. Like there's no, there's not a lot of time here, but she kept running. And incredibly, it's amazing. You got to see the video. It's incredibly uh, motivating. Uh, You see her pass one, pass another, pass a third, pass a fourth. And she's ripping it around, just giving it all she's got. Like the last lap of the race. And she comes and she actually wins the race. On the last lap, after falling, going to the last place and she rips forward why? Because she didn't quit. She didn't stay down. She got back up again. She endured till the end and she won. And then later on in the Olympics, she won a gold medal. That was a trial race that she won, but then it led her to in another race winning a gold medal. It's an ama- I encourage you to find that on YouTube. Uh, it's an amazing race and it's incredible uh, to see that and to apply that in our own lives. Gentlemen, you are going to fall. Though a righteous man falls seven times, he gets up again. That's that's life. You're not going to avoid that. You will fall. You are going to trip. You don't have to, but you will. You will. And it's important that you realize the things in your life that trip you up a lot so you can get, get above it and you can avoid them the next time. But you will fall down. But see this video. It's awesome. Get back up again. Keep running until the end. It's a powerful illustration. We read in James chapter 1, verse 2 to 4. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Now, let me ask you, gentlemen, have you had uh, troubles of any kind in your life? The answer is, yeah, (laughs) yeah, I have. I've had some troubles throughout my years. Absolutely, it's a part of life. And James is like, consider it great joy, an opportunity for great joy when troubles of various kinds come your way. Why? Because in verse three, because you know 
When your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. How is your endurance stronger? How does your endurance grow? How do you get better at enduring? By facing tests and trials and troubles of many kinds. God uses troubles. God uses trials and tests and temptations to come our way that will strengthen us ultimately as we overcome them. And yes, I know I'm not suggesting that God tempts us. Temptations come from our flesh, the Bible teaches, and temptations come from the world and from the devil. God does not tempt us, but I believe it's the Greek, the word tempt and test and temptation and test are the same. But saying all that, God uses troubles in your life and tests and trials in your life in order to strengthen your endurance. Because God knows what's coming down the road in your life, gentlemen. You might think you have some hard times right now, and and I, I'm not suggesting that they're not hard. I understand. I have some hard things in my life right now. But the reality is there's more coming. There's more coming. There's going to be more trials and more hardships and, and tests on the way. They are on the way. Over the years, and and you know, Lord willing, if you have met, how many more years you have down the road, there's going to be more challenges coming. And God uses those things in your life and in my life to test us and to strengthen our endurance because we got to keep running. How are we going to endure till the end if we're not stronger and stronger in our endurance? And God uses tests to strengthen that. And then verse four it says, "So let it grow, for when your endurance." Let, it, let your endurance grow. When your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. So when, when trials come your way, don't just first say, oh, the enemy is attacking me. That could be. That could be. God, God will allow the enemy to attack us at times, but he's on a leash. I mean, look at Job, right? God allowed Satan to attack Job. It, it is what it is, but he's on a leash. God is watching over those times. God knows how far we we can go. God knows how far the enemy, there's only a certain place the enemy has access to and it's all filtered through the authority of God. I hope that makes sense to you, but it's true. And so God will use these things for our good. It's for our good. It's for our strength and our faith and our endurance so that we can be gentlemen, we can be men of God who believe and endure until the end. We ain't giving up. And God knows what you need and God knows what I need to make us strong enough so that we don't give up, so we don't throw in the towel and we continue to run our race because God knows what's coming down the road. We don't. I don't even know what's going to happen later on this afternoon. I know my parents are coming over and my mother-in-law and we're going to have a barbecue. We're going to have some barbecue burgers and we're going to have some uh, cake and I think it's like a sponge cake with strawberries and cream. That's my least favorite cake. Um, I'm a chocolate cake kind of guy, but hey, beggars can't be choosers, so I'll eat the cake my wife makes. That's what I, I know is going to happen later. At least I think it is. That's the plans. But again, I'm getting distracted by my barbecue later on. My point is that you don't even know what's going to happen. And I, I, I talked about that on a recent podcast about today's all you have. And so God knows what's coming down the road and God knows what it's going to take to strengthen you and to strengthen me in our faith, in our endurance, so that we will make it until the end. Listen to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. It says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope 
Another version, I think it's the King James version, says, let us hold fast the confession of our faith without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. God does not want you and me to be men who waver in what we believe. God wants us to be men who are confident in God, confident in Jesus Christ. We are confident in who in we are confident in who we are. Sorry, I'm stumbling in my words. We are confident in who we are in Jesus Christ. We are not insecure. We are sure of who God is. We are confident in the promises of God. We are confident in the truth of Jesus Christ. We are confident in the men that God has made us to be. And we are not going to waver. We are we are holding on to faith. We are going to hold on to our profession of our faith in God until the end. That's Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Not just halfway, not just a little bit, not just in the beginning. You know, when you're first saved and you first experience the, the grace of God and the love of Jesus Christ, it's incredible. And you're like, oh man, you're just amazing. God, this is incredible. Your love for me. I believe God. I'll never doubt. And then life happens and doubt starts to creep in. But God wants us to be men who don't waver. We hold on until the end our faith in Jesus Christ and we profess it with our mouths. We declare it, we speak it, we pray it, we sing it, we believe it. Amen? Because the Bible does teach that many people will turn from the faith. They'll turn and forfeit and abandon their faith in Jesus Christ. It's going to happen. Jesus said it and Paul said it as well. Listen to 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 to 2. Listen to these first few words. It says the Spirit, meaning the Holy Spirit, God. The Holy Spirit clearly says that in the later times, some will abandon the faith. They will abandon the faith. They had faith in God and they will abandon it. They will leave it. They will turn away from the faith and they will follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared with a hot iron. Paul is saying, inspired of the spirit who clearly says this, that there are going to be preachers and teachers and pastors and potentially podcasters and radio hosts of programs and musicians and people in your life that are going to be actually hypocritical liars, but they will be speaking a half truth. They will be speaking to you a partial truth filled with lies. It's like candy coated gospel and it's not truth. It's leading people astray. God wants you to be rich and happy all the days of your life. Follow Jesus Christ and your life is going to be perfect. God's going to just keep you safe from any kind of harm, any kind of miss opportunities. Your life is going to be great. You are going to have a constant smile on your face. Just come to Jesus Christ. Partial truth. And it's leading people astray. And because of this hypocritical truth that many are preaching today, the Bible says that people are going to abandon the faith. I don't want this junk no more. I don't want, I don't want God like this. I don't need God. Who, why do I need God? Look, at, I got a career. I got money. I got muscles. I got everything I need. I don't need God. And they, they, they reject him for various reasons. It's going to happen. So no wonder we need to be men who endure till the end. 
Because a lot of men are not going to endure till the end. They're going to quit. They're going to throw in the towel. They're going to call it quits on God, on following Jesus, on believing the word of God. And they're going to be led astray by essentially doctrines of demons, lies of the enemy that are deceiving them. They believe a lie and they're led astray and they abandon the faith. So you and I, God has desired that you and I be men of God who believe and endure until the very end, until you take your last breath in this body, on this earth, until the day that you enter into eternity. After this short time on earth, God wants us to believe and endure until the end. It is what it is. It says, have nothing to do with godless myths. There's going to be stories. A myth is a story. It's not true. So many people are telling stories, things, whatever whatever people's ears want to hear. Makes them feel good and it's leading them astray. Gentlemen, don't get caught up in that deception. Know your Bible. Know what the word of God says. And listen to me very clearly here. You are, you are not going to understand every scripture of the word of God. Can I say that? Well, I'm saying it because I don't understand every Bible verse. I don't understand every passage. There are some passages I read where I don't understand it. And I'm a pastor. I'm a preacher. Shouldn't I know every single exact truth of the word of God? And yet you see around, there's so many different camps within, you know, Christianity and some people take this passage and they believe this about it. And other people take this the same passage and believe something different about it. And yet they're both born again people going to heaven and going to live with Jesus for all eternity on the new earth. They're saved. Right? There's a lot of scripture that, that we interpret the best we know how. We, we lean upon the Holy Spirit to give us understanding of the word of God. But there are Bible verses that I just like, what? I don't fully understand it. And that's okay, but it's the fundamental truths that you can't waver with, that Jesus is the only way to the Father. John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, through faith in Jesus, right? We need to believe that there is a heaven, there is a hell, there is an eternity after a life after this life. Jesus was conceived by a virgin, born of the Holy Spirit, conceived in Mary, who was a virgin. Uh, it was a miracle that, that you know, Jesus was perfect. Jesus was fully God and fully man. Like, these are things we can't waver. Jesus did raise back to life. He did die for my sins. He paid the price for my sin. He died and he rose back to life again and he ascended to heaven. Those are things you can't waver with. But there's other things that you're not going to, they're, 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 they have nothing to do with your salvation. And again, I'm kind of starting to hit a large rabbit trail here. But my point is, is that don't feel this pressure. Here's the big idea. Don't feel this pressure, gentlemen, as a Christian man, like that you need to know all of the perfect theology of God. Yes, read your Bibles. Get close to God. Cry out to the Lord. He, he says in James, if you need wisdom, ask and I'll give you wisdom favorably, right? I'm asking for wisdom all the time. I'm searching the scriptures all the time. I'm praying to God all the time. And still, I only have a, a certain amount of understanding of who God is. We, there's some things are just left to be a mystery. You're not going to understand everything there is about God. He wants us to come to him with childlike faith, believing and enduring until the end. That is what 
really matters. Don't get caught up in all these myths about God. Don't get caught up even in all these arguments. So many Christians argue with each other about their different positions of doctrines. Don't that's that's that doesn't honor God. I'm sorry. I've heard Christians, I've heard, I've heard different podcasts where Christian men who are leaders, they're arguing and fighting viciously over doctrinal beliefs that really ultimately don't, don't matter in the end. How's, how's the end times? You know, eschatology, how's it going to look? Pre-trip, mid-trip, post-trip, all these things. Take your position, base it on scripture, and, and just humbly believe that. But don't argue and get cruel and mean spirited to other Christians who have a different belief about it. That's just one example. That irritates me. You can probably tell by the sound of my voice. The point is, God wants us to come to him in childlike faith, like children to our father, trusting him, loving him, believing what he says, and enduring until the end. Amen. We're not called to know everything. We're not called to be smart, to be famous, to be correct in all areas, like I said, of theology. Instead, the Bible actually says in 1 Timothy 4, verse 7, have nothing to do with these godless myths. And then it says, but instead, oh, I lost my verse here. But instead, rather, train yourself to be godly. Train yourself to be godly. Are you a godly person? Not perfect, but are you seeking God? Are you loving? Are you nice? Are you kind? Are you gentle? Are you walking in the fruits of the Holy Spirit? Patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control, right? Are, are, are you? Love and joy. Is that what people see in you? Are you godly? Are you training yourself to be godly, to represent God well, not to know everything? Do you fear the Lord? Do you honor him? Do you love people? Do you walk in humility like Jesus walked? making yourself of no reputation, but just desiring to serve and honor God. That's the kind of man that God wants us to be. Not Mr. Know-it-all, but man who comes like a child in faith to God. That's the kind of man I want to be. And I hope you as well. Believing and enduring till the end. So many people, gentlemen, you see it, I see it. So many people are so sidetracked. They're so misled, distracted, confused, afraid. They're believing lies. They're doubting the simple truths of God. And many people turn away from Jesus Christ. They no longer follow him. They stop following him. They abandon the faith. They walk away from it. And they choose in their free will. They choose to no longer believe God. They give up. They turn the other way. They stop following Jesus Christ. They don't endure till the end. And we are called by God to believe and endure until the end. That's my encouragement for you. And I know it gets hard. I really do. I know it gets hard. I know that life can be very difficult. I know there's a lot of things that will frustrate you, that will wear you down, that will bring you to the point where you feel like you can't go on anymore. That is the time right there, gentlemen where you got to hold fast, like we read in Hebrews 12, we got to hold fast to that profession of our faith without wavering. You're going to be tested and it's not going to get easier. It's not going to get easier for Christian men to be a man of integrity, a man of purity, a man of holiness and righteousness, a man of honor, a man who loves and leads his wife and his family 
It's hard. It is challenging. So I'd encourage you, don't do it alone. If you need prayer, I want, I want you to know I make myself available. I will be praying for you. I've had many listeners email me or reach out to me asking for prayer. And I want to open that invitation again to you today. If you need things that you need prayer for, I want to be praying for you. I want to stand with you in agreement and believe God that he's going to break through in those areas of your life. If you need, if you need some counsel, I'm available. Email me, standingonthefrontline at gmail.com. I want, to, I want to walk as much as I can, as much as I'm able to. I want to walk alongside you to, to help you, to pray for you, to listen to you, to give you some wise counsel, things that I've learned along the many years of my life and with many more <laughs> things to learn down the road for me as well. But don't do it alone. You're going to have questions. You're going to have fears. You're going to have frustrations. This is how it's, life is at times. But you need to endure till the end. You have to believe God and endure till the end. One last verse before I close. James 1 verse 12. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial or endures under trial. Blessed is that one. Blessed is that man who endures under trial because having stood the test, the person, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. So gentlemen, do you love God? Do you love Jesus? Do you trust him? Then just keep running your race. God is with you, man. God is for you. He knows what you're feeling. He knows your struggles and he's going to see you through until the end, but you got to believe and you got to endure. So I hope that encourages you. I hope that you feel built up right now in your faith. If you do, let me know. Reach out to me. Again, you can email me, standingonthefrontline at gmail.com. Uh, find me on socials, Facebook and Instagram at The Frontline Man. Send me a DM. Let me know. Hey, Matt, I'm listening to the podcast. Thank you for it. You know, if you want to thank me for it, that's fine. <laughs> but let me know that I love to hear if you're encouraged by it is what I'm saying. That encourages me to hear that you're encouraged as well. So gentlemen, just know that you're not alone. I'm here for you as much as I possibly can be. Know that your pastors, your brothers in Christ, have them, use them, reach out to them, stay close to them, and know that they're walking and running the race with you. Don't run alone. Don't run alone. So gentlemen, I hope that you're encouraged. Reach out to me. We will talk to you, and we will see you next time on the podcast. God bless you. Thanks for joining me on The Frontline. Contact me at standingonthefrontline at gmail.com. Standingonthefrontline at gmail.com. Share this podcast with your family and friends. Look forward to seeing you next time. Until then, keep standing, keep fighting for the glory of God.